Hey everyone, it's Drew and Elijah. We're back here to discuss vaccines again in terms of the social implications. So, when we disagree on stuff like COVID-19 or the vaccine, it can become a, a very tense thing and there can be relationship dynamics there that are pretty, uh, pretty intense. Mm. So we want to talk about as Christians, um, we should have a different way of looking at these things. We should view our relationships differently. And so how do we have relationships in a, in a positive way when we disagree? We talked about that a little bit in our, po- in our politics podcast, but specifically um, here with the vaccine. How do we have positive conversations and keep loving each other in spite of our disagreements? Right. Yeah, I think I think one of the one of the central things we have to do is, and this is the same thing we said on the in the in the politics conversation, is we need to make sure that even though these are things that affect us and may not be entirely separate from our Christianity, try to as much as possible keep this from becoming that kind of an issue. Um, even if we think someone, um, I think there have been cases for sure in in how the church has handled COVID, maybe more in the past than today, uh, but times that it would actually seem, hey, you know, if we're actually going to do our biblical duty here, this would lead me to a very different conclusion than what my neighbor is doing. And I think that has definitely happened. Um, but even in those situations, I mean, we have situations outside of this, of course, where we think, hey, you know, I don't think, I don't think my brother is viewing this in a fully biblical way. And yet um, we don't, stop fellowship from them unless it's actually something um, very serious. Mm-hmm. And I think we can certainly say that relating to COVID, um, say some of the more, I'm just trying to think of some of the things where this gets touchier. Um, it was certainly touchy back in the day with lockdowns. When masks. Yeah. Masks are huge, too. Yeah. Are we going to wear masks to church? You know, is that infringing on our, on our liberty? Um, if the government says we can't meet together for church because of COVID, do we obey the government or do we um, continue meeting um, because um, it's essential for Christians to be able to fellowship, therefore that— In person. Right, and therefore that overrides the government. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't—these are not these are not questions without um, severe moral implications, mm-hmm. um, but I think we still need to recognize that our brothers that have reached different conclusions on them, give them good faith— um, and be yeah. able to have the conversation without, um, without being dismissive. That's good. Yeah, I think the dismissiveness in some ways is, is what hurts the most. Mm. Like I, I saw a fair number of Facebook discussions, and <laughs> can I say to my credit, I didn't uh, contribute to any of them. But I hate social media, so <laughs> I, I, was in the, I, I couldn't even have joined in. No, I do view some things, but go ahead. Yeah, but I, I viewed various Facebook discussions, for example, on whether or not we should wear masks. And there were some scientific um, components to the discussion of, like, do masks really work? And, like, what, what kind of research do we have indicating that cloth masks work and stuff like mm. that? So there was some scientific uh, medical, medical um, theory uh, components of the discussion. But a lot of it was just, like, personal liberty and... And also, like, some people, many people felt like masks kept them from fellowship in a meaningful way. And so to, to wear masks 
was surrendering um, the ability to really have good Christian fellowship. And that was a big enough reason for them to say, I'm never going to wear a mask with my fellow believers. Right. So take an issue like that. There's this dismissiveness where uh, you... Where, where people almost couldn't even listen to the other side, couldn't stop and, and ask meaningful questions. It was just bashing. Um, and I saw Facebook posts that went out like daring people from the other side to answer of like, so where are you all of you anti-maskers? Or, you know, now that we know that, now that we know that COVID-19 has killed X number of people, like, where are you, you who didn't want to wear masks? Mm. And uh, I, I saw other posts that were like, um, yeah, like where, where are you, all you people who think that masks are effective? We don't have any scientific data on this. And like just daring people to respond. And a lot of times people who did wear masks wouldn't even respond and vice versa. Right. Because it was like, there's no way they're going to listen to me. And I think to some, to some degree that's good. But part of that, the fact that conversation sort of ceased on a lot of platforms over some of those issues was just because there was so much dismissiveness. Uh-huh. So I think that's, that's maybe a number one point to just, just to bring out here is if we're going to have a meaningful conversation over things that we disagree on, number one, we can't be dismissive of the other side. We have to be willing to ask real questions to really understand um, where the person that we're talking to is coming from. Right. What's, what's difficult about this is that once you've learned to have the conversation in a meaningful, peaceful way, that's, that's the largest we're, you're most of the way there in terms yeah. of knowing how to how to move ahead. Um, it seems it's the difficulty in knowing how to sit down and have a conversation that doesn't instantly turn nasty right. um, that makes this difficult. There's no magic key to all coming together in kumbaya. Right. Um, we probably won't agree right. on many things. But, but can we at least agree on the metrics of how we sit down and have a civilized conversation? And it seems like we can't. And that's what's, that, that to me is what's frustrating. Yes. So take, take something like vaccines. Um, after I got vaccinated and some of my friends got vaccinated and stories were coming in, um, some of my friends talked about this ostracization. Like, I, won't, I can't really hang out with you for, for a month or two uh, after you get the vaccine because of vaccine shedding and stuff. So there's like some health dynamics, right? They were afraid of vaccine shedding. I really like that. I just think that's so funny, but go ahead. No, no, I, I think it's funny to me that that people that made fun of social distancing are now social distancing from those that got the vaccine. That just there's a certain irony in that that I find. Yeah, but you know, if you really believe that there are health risks there, um, that that makes for a really interesting dynamic in your relationships. Because what are you supposed to do? Um, and it's it's kind of similar, actually, very similar to back in the beginning when people were afraid of the virus. And they would social distance because um, many people would say, well, you're you're not loving me because you are practicing social distancing and you're like you're pretending like I don't exist or like I'm dangerous. I don't want to be treated like I'm dangerous. I want you to treat me like a friend. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, there were some real health risks there that they were concerned about and um, and lockdowns and masks and social distancing and all those things were responses to that. So what, what do you do in that situation, either in, in the vaccines, when you believe, you really believe that vaccine shedding is a thing and 
you know, whatever the concern is, your period might get messed up or whatever <laughs> if, uh, from vaccine shedding. Hey, if you believe that that's real, what are you going to do differently? Um, and so when we, when we come to these health dynamics, I think we need to ask, how are Christians supposed to deal with that on a relational level? Because you're not necessarily going to agree on health. Right. And I think a very, a very good starting point is, is being as fair as you possibly can to, to the viewpoint of the other, of the other person. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that's happened so often in this is a very irresponsible misreading of what the other, other side, if you will, is thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, just, just give an example that hits in both directions here. Um, you know, when COVID first came out, came out and people were concerned about it and following, um, following the, the guidelines and quarantining and in cases and that kind of thing, you would hear people say things like there's so many people living in fear. That was yes. a very, very common thing to hear. You know, there's so many people out there and okay. Were there people that were panicking beyond reasonable? Of course. Oh, yes. But okay. People, there were also people that understood in a fairly realistic way that what was going on and just wanted to, to follow the, follow the, the mandates, in some cases just out of respect for the government. And some people are like, hey, you know, there's a reasonable chance if I go to this event, I'm going to get COVID and I'm, am I going to die? No, but what I, I'd rather not get sick and be in bed for three days. So I'm going to, to, to follow precautions. Or in some cases they had uh, pre-existing conditions. And, right. You know, they actually might have died. Exactly. Um, so we have to take all these things into account. And just, instead of acting like, you know, everyone's just Everyone out there is just afraid that, you know, an asteroid's going to hit Earth tomorrow and everyone's going to die. Like, it was not, like, that's not what was going on yes. for at least most people that were concerned about COVID. So let's flip it around to today, where you have people that, it's funny, the, it's, and it's the same people that were talking about fear then, mm -hmm. that are now, in many cases, convinced that if they get the COVID vaccine, something terrible is going to happen to them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, would they want people that are, pro-vaccine to be like, see, there you are, living in fear. Living Would in they fear. feel like that's a fair representation of what's going on? Right. And of course they wouldn't. Um, so I think it just gives us a little bit of insight onto how we need to be fair-minded. Um, Same thing with masks back then. There were people who said, the mask is a sign of fear. And as someone who made the <laughs> gut-wrenching decision to wear a mask at church when 90% of my church didn't, um, I knew that the people that I and the people around me who were wearing masks were not doing it. Not a single one of them that I knew personally was doing it out of, out of fear right. of, the, of the virus. Um, I think the vast majority of them weren't even doing it because they thought there might be health risks. Uh, they were doing it just because of love for neighbor, uh, not wanting to, to transmit the virus or in many cases, just out of respect for government and just simple obedience to Christ in that. And they felt like it was, very important to obey the government um, as a sign that they were under authority of right. Christ as well. And so it was like bizarre um, that people put the whole fear thing on, on them. Right. And it's things like that where it's like, okay, church, we could have done a lot better job of, of handling this without agreeing. We, we didn't have to agree and we wouldn't have on whether or not we should wear masks, but we could have done a lot better job in how we handled people who made different decisions. Right. For sure. Yeah. And I think there are trade-offs we all had to, to make in making these decisions. You know, um, I, I didn't wear a mask to my church over this time period, primarily because, um, 
I would have been just about the only person doing so. And and again, you look back in retrospect and say, you know, what's the what's the best course to take? But um, I knew it would cause enough. What's the word? I let's put it this way. Maybe you can say I chickened out, but I didn't want to have to work through the whole thing of other people viewing me as being living in fear or whatever. And I and I didn't and I also didn't feel strongly enough that it was a matter of of significant importance in terms of obeying the government. You can there's that's a whole other discussion yeah. where does what kind of staying power does a mandate have if the county has said not to whatever if it's not being enforced there's all those questions and that's not really the point here. But th- there definitely was this situation of a trade-off where for both of us yeah. uh, it was just there were things we were going to lose either way. Yeah. So we have to learn we have to learn to to try to understand the perspective of other people. And one thing I've heard, I mentioned this in the politics podcast, one of them, but um, something I've heard again and again is people saying, I just can't understand the other side. How could someone wear a mask uh, who really trusts God? Or how could someone how could someone not get the vaccine who really loves their neighbor? Um, things like this. And to me, the question that, that came up, it just begs the question like, okay, why aren't you figuring that out? Right. Like yeah, if, exactly. If thirty percent of the population or or twenty percent of the population doesn't want to get the vaccine, um, and it, you know a huge percentage of uh, significant percentage of Christians don't want to get the vaccine, maybe you should be figuring out why before you uh, kind of throw around these epithets of right. how terrible you think those people are, or people who wear who wore masks, stuff like that. Um, get out there and, and do your research in a personal way by going there and talking to people who you disagree with in a friendly and respectful dialogue uh, sort of way. Or you don't have the right to to talk about it. Yeah, if, if you see there's a very large number of people that have a viewpoint that's different than your own, you at least should try to understand it. Yeah. Um, and I think there are cases where there is strong disagreement with with another, with a position from another side, where you can still come to at least understanding. Where you're not asking, you know, why do people not? For instance, why is it that anyone would not believe in God? Well, we believe in you and I both believe in God, obviously, and yet we're not utterly clueless as to why there's people out there that right. that don't find those reasons compelling. And we've actually put a lot of time into that because if you're going to try to reach people that don't believe in God, you need to understand a little bit what's going on in their minds that leads them to that place. And so it's Absolutely. it's totally helpful, even if you're not going to end up finding the other arguments persuasive, to at least kind of get into other people's heads a little bit and see what's going on. So yeah, if, if a very large number of people agree, dis- disagree with you on something, you probably have learning to do. And and the, the shortcut that we like to take as humans is just to think that those people must be utter morons, but that's <laughs> <laughs> that's not a very good way to live life. I like how you called it a shortcut, because that's exactly what it is. It It feels... It feels really good to just be able to say, well, the reason why they do it is because of some simplistic answer. Right. And if you can if you can rationalize why all of those crazy people out there do what they do, it makes you feel better about your own position. Right. But as Christians, we we just have to say no to that that kind of reasoning. Mm -hmm. And it's the whole thing, of course. And we talked about this back in the politics series. Um, But extremism breeds extremism. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the most damaging things we see in society today that the church is unfortunately not as immune, haha, immune, <laughs> as they should be in this case. Um, and that is 
you, as you see the craziness on the other side, it makes you more secure in your own position because you see, well, that's so absurd. Yeah. How could anyone believe that? And then you move a little more yourself in the opposite direction. And then, of course, they're less likely to receive what you're saying. And yeah, yeah as Christians, we need to do our utmost to make sure that we're not part of this mess. Yeah, it's extremely helpful to be able to say, um, even in conversation with someone you disagree with, be able to say, yeah, I can understand why this would concern you. Right. Um, just to be able to give that caveat before you give your, your thoughts is extremely helpful in building that rapport that you need to have meaningful relationships with people you disagree with and also calling out your own extremists. Uh, so let's say you're someone who doesn't, who didn't believe you should wear a mask to church. Um, it might be helpful in, in talking to someone who did wear a mask and you're, you're, you're going back and forth over the, the, the religious implications and the social implications. It might be helpful to say, you know, we know some of the people who, who uh, are, are out in public um, burning masks uh, and, and, you know, yelling F the, F the government or whatever. You know, yeah. I, I disagree with those people, right? <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully we can at least do that, yeah. Um, and there are, there are a ton of different um, situations in which there are extremists and we may, we may lean more towards that position, but I think there's a tendency to think that if you concede that the extremists are, have gone too far, that you're somehow giving up your position somewhat or right. you're like not as strong. And actually the strongest thing to do is to be able to say, um, I disagree with my own extremists as well as yours. Right. Really all you do by doing that is, is prove that you aren't hopelessly ideologically possessed, which That's is right. something that we should all try to do. Very positive thing. Yeah. I want to bring in Romans 14 here because I think it's an incredibly helpful passage for believers thinking about this. Um, a couple verses here in the beginning of the chapter. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master or servant stand or fall. And they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. And then it starts talking about um, celebrating different days. Um, one person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone and none of us dies for ourselves alone. And it goes on to, to talk about um, so why do you judge if, if we're all standing before God on a personal level? So uh, I think this is a really important passage when it comes to these disagreements. The passage doesn't say our disagreements don't matter. Mm. And it also, um, if you go back to, I think it's uh, 1 Corinthians 8, I think is where it talks about it. Another Pauline passage, Paul says on the whole meat versus not eating meat that's offered to idols. He says, actually, I think you can eat. I, is it, is it that? Or it's, it's one of those discussions where he's like, he, he comes down on one theological perspective and he's like, I think this is the correct perspective. Sure. But then he goes on to say, um, but even those who I disagree with, I, I don't think I should judge them. Sure. Um, but yeah. I'm not going to cause my brother to stumble. Right. So if we take that principle and we apply it to, um, something like disagreeing on masks, we may think very strongly, uh, like for myself, I felt fairly strongly that um, that Christians should be supporting the government in everything that doesn't compromise our beliefs. And to, to me personally, I felt like wearing a mask was not a was not a compromise of any sort. Hmm. And I felt like, therefore, it was a it was a point where I needed to obey the government. Not everyone felt the same way, obviously. Right. <laughs> and 
So I needed to be able to say, I'm not going to pass judgment. This is not my servant. This is the Lord's servant like I am. Mm-hmm. We're, all, we're all God's servants. So I don't have a place on which I can say, you're not a believer or you're not a good servant of Christ because you don't, you don't uh, practice um, obeying Masking. the government no. the same way that I <laughs> right. the same way that I do. So that principle of we're all God's servants, not each other's servants, uh-huh. is super important. And also verse 19 here, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual building up. Don't destroy the work of God for the sake of food. Mm. Right. Um, and then finally, everything that does not come from faith is sin. So it's got to start from personal conviction. And right. where we disagree, the, the big deal is that, look, we're all, we're all ultimately servants of Christ. And like Paul says, um, he says in various passages that it's not about male versus female. It's not about slave versus free, uh, one culture versus another culture. Um, in Christ, Jesus, basically Jesus is everything, to, to put my paraphrase in. Um, and I think that's super important when, when it comes to our disagreements because we need to recognize first and foremost, we are people that together are, are uh, defined by Christ. So if we're defined by Christ, we should not let any other definition of Christian, like do you mask or do you not right. mask, do you, do you get vaccinated or not, become more important than that central um, uniting factor that is that we are both um, in the Messiah. So yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things to remember yeah. here. Yeah, very good points there. And, and I've been thinking about this this more lately. Um, it struck me the other day, you know, I see we see society at large and and the voids that are there because um, because of the the loss of a belief in God, say, mm-hmm. and and these voids that are being filled with all these other things that kind of add to tension and in a crisis like the one we just are coming through. Um, but I don't. I think sometimes I wonder if that's happening in the church as well. Like even even though it certainly isn't happening, perhaps to the same degree. But there there's part of us where we aren't at the place of recognizing. Um, our identity in Christ and being immersed in his plan for us, which then there's these voids there that we fill with, um, that we fill with political identity. Yeah. That and and, yeah. And, and in many cases we think, we feel like it's somehow vaguely Christian, Yeah, which I think is why we don't recognize it. We're, yeah. we're very, very, very strong on, on, you know, we want, we want to see God's will for our lives, but we talk about that. And then as soon as church is over, we, we want to talk about how, how Joe Biden's destroying the country and pray for, pray for, pray for God to have his will in the nation when we're really thinking more about some political idea than we are about something that's actually inherent in our Christianity. And I think this is a tendency that the best way to combat it is not by saying, oh, you know, I'm just going to, you know, forgive me for allowing myself to get carried away with this political element. But it's no. We want to come to a place where our love for the kingdom and our love for Christ is all consuming. Mm -hmm. And as we have our energies being put there, it's going to help us know how to work through a lot of these other questions. Because again, being recognizing that our, our places in Christ and learning to 
learning to walk through these disagreements responsibly with our brothers doesn't mean that we aren't going to face these questions, Mm -hmm. but the perspective is going to be very different. And I think as we see our ultimate purpose and identity clearly, then we can have a conversation about, you know, what is the best way to, um, to handle COVID. But we know for sure this isn't going to be something central. Um, And it gives us a little more balance in it because there's so much of us that is looking for something to latch onto. And I think this is something also that COVID um, kind of, again, one of the challenges of COVID was so much of regular life was, was shut down for a bit, which left people kind of antsy and having this energy that needed to go somewhere. And I think most of us looking back can see times that we, we didn't handle that energy well. Yeah. And, it, and it should have been channeled towards a love for God. And and many times it was channeled on feeling upset at our brothers that viewed the situation different than we did. Instead of rec- recognizing that we were all in this together and it wasn't something that our brothers had done to cause the, the issue. Yeah. So uh, what's a what's a good wrap up of this discussion, Drew? I think I think the main things are we want to prioritize relationships first and also remember our identity Mm-hmm. is primarily um, the fact that we are together as Christians uh, on the gospel. The gospel is central, not our political affiliation, but we will have political affiliations and we will we will uh, think through political issues and come to different places. Right. But we need to um, prioritize relationships and remember that Jesus comes first in our identity, not not our beliefs on various subjects. And I think as we said in the politics podcast make friends with people that have views different than your own and learn to understand where they are it's very very helpful and don't make your disagreements the center of your relationship too because that could be a huge mistake where it's like let me go make a friend i want to have my my anti-mask friend or i want to (laughs) have my vaccine friend Uh, hopefully your friend group is balanced enough that you you can't think of it in those terms yes yeah that's great Good. Well, we'll be back later with more content, but this has been a a great discussion.